It's actually a Merkin. Uh, it's repurposed, <laughs> though. Uh, thanks for your time today, Tim. Um, I know a lot of like movie directors and writers, when they go back and watch their earlier projects, they either have cringeworthy moments or thought like, oh, I've gained so much knowledge since then, I'd love to do it differently, do it this way or that way. Do you ever have that experience when you're going through Brink Fandango or Day of the Tentacle? Or? Uh, for me, it's mostly just nostalgic. I get really happy when I, because I remember, like, even though games are hard to make, like, just, just, you remember the kind of the, uh, maybe happy times when you had making the game. Uh, especially like the older games where we were like at Skywalker Ranch and like 30 years old. That's always fun to remember. Um, but I do see, you know, you see some, each game has a, um, a puzzle that is just everyone hates, at least one. <laughs> it's, I, but it's at least something you can joke about with people who play the games because they all know when they play Adventure Game, there's like at least one they're going to have to look up. But we don't, in your, in your mind, you just seem like a totally natural. People should all just be as smart as you. Right? They should know like, what's in your head. <laughs> it's like things that are so obvious to somebody, just you have to think like another person to have that same feeling. And we try to make them, you know, you try to make them uh, solvable by everybody. But there's some, I still can't explain the monkey wrench in monkey too. Like, I don't know why we thought that was fair. It's really fair at the time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's going to get this monkey wrench. Even English people. When, when you go back and play and watch uh, like Day of the Tentacle do you get more story ideas for other projects you'd like to do with like Hoagie or Bernard or any of the other characters that's interesting I mean uh, each game has like something for you always think oh if we did a sequel we should do this this one idea but they all kind of I don't know I don't know if the um, maybe I would maybe okay maybe it's fair yeah Yeah. Have you seen your process change dramatically in, in writing and creating the puzzles? Uh, how's it changing? No, I mean, we still go back to basics where we sit in a room with a bunch of people and brainstorming, really just free-flowing, just a fun kind of throwing out of ideas. And then, uh, you know, uh, an editing period on top of that. So um, that has not changed. I think there's a lot more playtesting now. Like the old days, we were just like, I hope people get this puzzle. You know, it's like, oh, I showed the guy from the test department, he got it. Um, and nowadays, we sit in a room and we just watch people. Like, watch people play test adventure games is horrible because it's not like it's an action game where they're still playing an action game. Right? But it's like, they're just sitting there and they're just looking at you like, what the heck are sitting down? Like, if they, if they don't know what to do next, they just, they know everyone, like, if they know people are watching them, they just get really mad. And you, and you want to tell them, like, just look in the cupboard, just look in the cupboard, it's right there. And, and they know and it's... And you move the cursor around the cupboard, like this, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I don't see it. And they know exactly whose fault it is that they're so mad, and they're standing right behind them, telling <laughs> them, look in the cupboard. Yeah. So that's changed a lot. That's really helpful, I think. And um, if you, when you look back through all of your games and through Broken Age, do you see any thread going through that you would define as kind of... Uh, hallmarks of your style that have reappeared in all these? Is there anything? That feels a little self-analytical. That would, <laughs> I would feel embarrassed if I was like, what, what, is, what does I, it mean? I asked it, though, so you don't have yeah. to feel like a jerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no. I don't know. I mean, I think that's for someone else to say because too, I'm too close to it. You know what I mean? That's fair. I feel like there's certain... If there's anything recurring, it's usually because I've forgotten that I'm getting myself like, I'm using that joke again. That's embarrassing. I go back to a game and oh man, I've used that one a dollar three times now. Jeez. Do you have a lot of autonomy when you're 
putting forward something um, with a company like Disney. You mean like these remasters? Yeah. Yeah, because um, uh, the, their whole, the whole theory was like, we think we should be able to do this because we know the game better than anybody. And they agreed with that. And so they really let us, you know, define what, how we're going to remaster it. But they are very involved and they, you know, they look at everything that we're doing. Um, but they really, they agree with that. So that's fine. And then when you're walking around somewhere like IndieCade, uh, what excites you these days about indie games? Man, I mean, I just, I love that feeling that games can be anything, and I feel like indie games are going to capture that, because that's the problem with, you know, with big AAA games, there's often this, games can be like one of three or four things, you know, and that's it, that's it. And like... Two of them are Madden and NHL 2010. And just if you, you know, life is really broad, has lots of crazy experiences and variety and um, games... You know, when you when you see a lot of indie games in one place like this, you see that it's inspiring to see people trying different things. Means that going in, going to places that no one's gone before, and it's really easy to do in games because like a lot of games have stayed you know, within science, you know, science fiction, fantasy, gangster, a couple other things. And the indie games are like we're gonna go everywhere. You know, and that's that, that unlimited feeling. I think is it's gone. Now that you've come through the crowdfunding method and through that input process um, are there games that you think are better suited for that kind of style and is it something you're interested in doing again? Yeah, I mean I think crowdfunding is a really great thing and it's here to stay and I think the kind of games, it can be any genre of game, I feel like it's just it's more about the story of the making of the game look like an interesting person doing an interesting thing in an interesting way and something that makes people feel like that wouldn't happen without me and I, get, I feel really empowered. You know, like, that's the way I feel like in our first Kickstarter. People were like, I feel like I, there's this thing that wouldn't happen without me, and I'm taking, you know, taking charge of this thing and being a small part of it. We all got organized, we got together, we made this thing happen. And that was, I think that, as long as you can, you know, as you're not just like, hi, we're this company, and we're going to clone uh, Farmville. And we're, you know, like, that's not inspiring to anyone, and they're not going to, you know. So as long as there's something about that story of, like, we're trying to do something interesting, or... We, we need your help and this thing is going to be amazing when it's done I think an inspiring story of any game cover is doable so when can we expect the uh, double fine farm bill clone <laughs> you know like anything can be done well so really let's think about that I'm sure that's going to be <laughs> thank you yeah.